Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This week I've been talking to you kind of about the politics and what's going on in the upcoming election. I've been sharing with you the last couple of days why I support President Trump for for president and why I voted for him, why I encourage others to do so. I've kind of taken a different route in, you know, praising Trump for one of his accomplishments, the very thing that the Democrats have been trying to make as a political loss. I think if the truth is told and if people would listen to the truth of what Trump has done to battle COVID, the lack of red tape that usually is put on those who take care of our health and slowing down the process and government, you know, getting its fingers in and messing things up there. He's removed that. And he has put in not just a whole of government approach, but a whole national approach and the amazing speed of getting things made and the things that we need in our hospitals and our nation to protect us. Um, I think he should get great credit. And then the vaccine, and that will be coming very soon for those who need it. There's a lot to be said about the accomplishment and say, oh, well, he's not, you know, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. There's a lot of political rambling and the deaths and all that stuff. We've talked about that last couple of days. I, I want to focus more on the spiritual side of this, though. You know, I, I'm a preacher, and I can't help but have uh, this perspective that comes from this, you know, looking at this spiritually and not just practically. I believe we ought to do everything we can practically. But at the end of the day, God is in control of this. The president that we will get will be the president that God deems, you know, his will for us. Now, that may not necessarily be for our good. I'm here to tell you, America, you're not too big to fail. In fact, if I was, if I was to preach this as a sermon, I would probably title this, Sowing Our Own Destruction. And I believe we've been busy for decades sowing the seeds of our own destruction. We've been doing it for decades. And I believe we're soon to reap from our foolish labor. The Bible tells us the text I would take would be Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, what does he mean by that? In other words, we don't always see God's judgment in the season that we commit our sins and commit our foolish deeds and labor and our rebellion. God doesn't bring judgment upon us in the season that we sow. You know, when you sow seeds in the ground, you don't have fruit in that same season. You have to wait a season or two. You have to wait for the crop to grow. And by the way, you put one seed in the ground, plant one tomato plant, and when the harvest comes, you don't just get one tomato. You get bunches of them. And so the reaping is usually larger than what you've sown. And the next verse, I think, is helpful in this. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap. So in other words, you reap corruption. If you sow sinful deeds, then you're going to get corruption. 
But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so if, you, if you're busy you know, dealing with the, with the flesh and stuff, then you're going to have corruption. But if you deal with the Spirit and God's things, then you're going to have fruit, life everlasting happiness. I, I'm here to tell you, folks, that our national sins, God cannot wink at them and look the other way. And you say, well, he's not brought judgment on us yet. Oh, he hasn't? Uh, maybe then you're deceived some. Maybe you didn't understand 9-11. Maybe you didn't understand COVID. Maybe you didn't understand some of the storms and, and tragedies and, and earthquakes and national disasters that our nation has been having. God has been trying to get our attention, folks. And so I think we need to start asking the question, if God will judge us, how will he judge? In fact, you know, America debated this. We had a debate about this. It was in the year 1776. It was in the Continental Congress. Believe it or not, politicians were discussing that very question. It would be wonderful if preachers would discuss it. But here politicians were discussing it in the Continental Congress. And it came to a conclusion after a long day of debate on if a nation messes up and angers God and falls into wickedness, what should they expect to come from God? And George Mason concluded with these words, as nations cannot be rewarded or judged in the next world, so they must be in this. Providence punishes national sins by a series of national calamities. Well, what is he saying? You see, you and I, when we die, we'll be judged in the next world. But nations, we, we, we can't go into the next world as a nation. So therefore, our judgment will be in this world. In providence and the, through the work of God, God will provide his will of, of judgment. And how will that come? Through a series of national calamities. Did we not see that in the nation of Israel in the Old Testament? Time and time again, they would mess up and turn and wander from God, and turn into rebellion. They wandered away from him. And God would send war preachers first, warn them. Preachers would come, uh, Israel, turn, repent. Uh, you're going in the wrong direction. You're angering God. If, if, if you don't, look over here. See, see these people? God's going to raise them up. They're going to be an enemy, and they're going to bring pain on us. Or God's going to bring uh, judgment through pestilence or through famine or through economic ruin. Judgment's coming. Do they listen to the preachers? Hardly. And therefore, God rose up an enemy or pestilence or something and brought pain. And finally, in the pain, people would say, God, have mercy, forgive us. Glory be to God, he did bless them. But they needed to repent. Thomas Jefferson said this, Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. You know, God cannot just sleep and look the other way and turn his eye. And when God's judgment does come, then, folks, we only have ourselves to blame. My prayer every election, every, every election like this, I pray this, oh God, 
Please do not give America what we deserve. Please give us what we need. Give us mercy. Give us someone who will lead us closer to the paths of righteousness rather than into rebellion, into the things that you hate. And I believe that decision is ahead for us. And again, let me say that neither candidate is a righteous candidate as a person. Therefore, we must look to the policies, to the platform that they represent. And as I said many times, this is an election between good and evil. It's very clear. If you, if you vote for one person, you're voting for a party platform that will kill babies in their womb. Their blood will be on your hands. It will. Say, so, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's mean, uh, Brother Wallace. Well, I'm sorry, but your, their blood will be on your hands because you are enabling our country to remain that way. If you vote for, for one platform, then you're going to be voting. If you vote for the Democrat, uh, for Biden, you're going to be voting for uh, same-sex marriage and for that to continue in our nation and for open borders and for a number of things there that will be harmful to our nation, not just wicked for our nation. Now, let me say this. Trump's not a perfect man. In fact, the thing that concerns me greatly about President Trump, and I've been, I've been very critical of him, on this, and, and I believe rightfully so. His pride has always worried me. Because pride cometh before a haughty spirit, and a haughty spirit before destruction. And I fear that if he continues to be a proud man, he might make a terrible mistake and harm our country as a result, and I pray for him. But talk about pride. Pride will destroy our nation. It destroyed Britain. Spent 20, 29 years of my life over there, and I can tell you, they're not the country that they once was. Uh, we see, uh, oh man, I could bring up the uh, Church of the Laodiceans and see their pride, you know, that they thought they were um, increased with goods and have need of nothing. And yet, uh, God says, you need eye solve to see, your, see yourself. You're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. And the problem is with a person with pride, they don't see how God sees them. Uh, There's a sermon I preached uh, a number of years back there, how Britain, how Great Britain lost its greatness. The height of the Victorian period was was their highest moment of their history. The Industrial Revolution made them extremely rich. The British Empire was vast. The sun didn't go down on the British Empire. They pretty much ruled the world, that small little island. But what brought about their demise? Pride. You can see their pride in many examples, uh, not just coming out of the Victorian period there, out of the time of their greatness there. They built the largest, greatest vessel to sail the seas, the Titanic. Its founder, its builder, announced a few days before it was to be launched, not even God himself could sink this vessel. Boy, that's a lot of pride. I think... uh, (laughs) Uh, God did a double take when he heard that. Hello, what what did you say? Really? You You think that? All right, well, you need some humbling. And there, Britain's pride was at the bottom of the ocean a few days later. But another reason of their mistreat, of their 
pride. They thought they could do whatever they want, and God would just uh, rubber stamp it. They stood against Israel. There's, I don't have time to get into this there, but the Balfour a declaration was made, and they lost control uh, uh, because of what they did to Israel. That was a turning point in their in their history in 1924, 1925, and 26. The Balfour Declaration was signed in 26. They lost control. Uh, they lost Australia, Canada, Newfoundland, New Zealand, South Africa. Uh, they almost lost um, uh, the Second World War. Almost became uh, overtaken by the Nazis. Uh, their country was bankrupt after the war. In 47, they lost India. 51, they lost Libya. In 56, they lost the Suez Canal, they lost Sudan, and in the 60s, they lost Nigeria, Kenya, Sierra Leone, Gambia, Uganda, Somalia, Northern Rhodesia, Swaziland, and we could go on. You're not too big to fail. Even for America, we're not too big to fail. And so when we come to this election, please understand that the answer is not in the White House. Yeah, let's put in a party. Let's put in a, a group that's going to uh, lead us closer to righteousness rather than away from it and into the things that, that uh, God hates. But let's stand up for righteousness. Let's vote, but let's not put our faith there. Our faith belongs in God, and we need to pray to God to have mercy on our nation. And maybe he'll spare us from a tragedy that might be coming here shortly. That's going to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.